Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dan Draper podcast to episode three. Um, thank you for tuning in again. Today I've got um, a really exciting episode for you. So this is to do with the um, charity and local action group that I was working with that I referenced back in uh, episode one. So today I've got a guest on. Um, I've got Ollie. Ollie, if you'd like to introduce yourself, my friend. Hi, I'm uh, running a lot of the social media stuff for Don's Local Action. Um, I got involved quite early on. Um, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a student at the moment, so a lot of spare time to get involved in this kind of stuff. Oh, perfect, man. So yeah, we're just going to be having a chat about the uh, the impact of what Don's Local Action Group has been doing for the people and just a few questions. So really informal uh, and let's get on. So Ollie, um, with your, um, obviously your expertise in social media and things like that, how is it that you've seen, uh, you know, um, an uptake in, um, you know, what's what's been going? How have you been spreading the word? And also, I think, how is it that the action group started? So it all started out um, from a group set up to get Wimbledon's new stadium built. So it's based, that, um, it, it's been created by Wimbledon fans the football club's fans. And uh, they basically realised back in December that they were about £11 million short of funding for their new stadium. And a few fans got together and decided instead of trying to find uh, an investor, the fans would try and raise that money themselves. So they raised about £5.3 million um, through a bond scheme. Um, you'll have to ask someone else how that all works because that's really not my <laughs> my area. Um and then when this all kicked off in about March, one of the founders of, of that group sent a message to the WhatsApp suggesting that we put all of these um, these volunteers and this big organization that we'd started uh, towards helping coronavirus related issues. And so it started off with just one stall outside a supermarket. And now it's spiraled into, I think, uh, I think around 20 stalls. I've, I've lost count. The first wow. few, the first few weeks, um, I was doing a graphic every, every day of which stall we were outside, and we ran out of space on on a single graphic. So that gives. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, and I mean, you you said they're obviously you're in you're in twenty locations. What where are they? Where are these locations covering? Where can people you know either come to to donate, or where are they able to you know how how do they kind of get get involved as such? So. We cover three boroughs mainly, so Kingston, uh, Wandsworth, and Merton. We started in Merton, uh, then we moved into Kingston because that's where the the football club's current stadium is, um, mm -hmm. and then into Wandsworth. And we occasionally go a little bit. We will occasionally go outside. If I mean, if someone comes to us and says, "I'm in this this borough next door and I can't find any help. Can you help out?" We're not going to say no because this isn't just. Um, uh, this, this is like food and, and basic stuff, really important stuff that we're talking about here, not just uh, uh, your average uh, average need. Um, so people want to get involved, they can do any of the stalls, but there's also some tasks that people can do sitting at home. Um, so like the social media stuff is largely done from my bedroom, um, <laughs> phone wherever I am. Um, that's everyone's uh, everyone's kind of office at the minute, isn't it? Everyone's bedroom or living room. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been working from home in a slightly different way. Mm. No, that's good, man. And I think yeah, I 
I think my journey with um you know with with the local action group was really I kind of came in uh looking for well I suppose really I was looking for I basically was picking up an iron from <laughs> from the Sainsbury's down the road and I was really lucky to see you guys outside um and was you know I, I met uh, Alana who is really lovely and she was helping me out um getting to understand it because I'd signed up for the um, NHS side of things but for me I think that doing something a bit more local and a bit more you know tailored to to the to the area that you're living in at the minute and because there was a lot of checks that were going through with the NHS things it kind of was a slower process so for me to just kind of come in have the relevant checks done by you guys as well but also then um, you know just crack straight on and be able to help people in in that way was just was just incredible and for me I, I started off I did five days in a row um, as soon as this came and then we had um, we had a couple of things that were going on in in, in the flat so uh, I took a couple of weeks off just to protect everyone really um, but yeah came back for another few shifts after that and I've loved every every second of it and I, I, I don't know about you but I just can't get over people's generosity in in such a time like this. Yeah, I think that point you you made about how how kind of local it is and how um, like about kind of red tape with this, there's when something needs to get done, it gets done very quickly, and there's not loads of kind of politics or or games or um, I mean it's 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 a formal process now. We have a like a onboarding system and everyone has to sign um, sign up and say they've read the rules to make sure everything's done properly. But the speed with which we get things done is pretty phenomenal. Um, we had a person last week requesting uh, a specialized pushchair for a family with an autistic child, and they, they've been trying to get one for ages. But because of um, because of lockdown and because of what happened, what's hap- happened in China with manufacturing, they're not being made. And so we put out requests. We found one in Essex, got it collected within two days brought back and given to the family and so we've become a kind of a, a point of call for uh not just food stuff lots of random random tasks that need doing yeah exactly and I think you know it's it's that thing of um you know everyone's kind of pulling together in this in this spirit uh, you know um it's kind of uh, someone mentioned it to me the other day and they were saying it was kind of that blitz spirit of the keep calm and carry on and you know there's there's you know a horrible thing going on at the minute but you do just you know you all pull together and you're able to to help people and that for me is something that was that was really key because um you know there's there's so many people out there at the minute and you know I'm I'm near uh sort of a, a local hospital of mine and you see the amount of people <clears throat> that come in in and out every day um, and we've had a lot of people recently in the, the pub that's just reopened, as I mentioned previously in episode two, that are NHS and they've come in and they've been looking at the food and, and, and things like that. And they've been, just been sharing their stories, whether it was A&E, whether it was ICU or anything like that. And just, you know, it just really hits home how important what, you know, what's going on with the the action group and how it's helping people one of the um the really kind of nice nice bits of the, of the volunteering has been every evening we get donated food by waitrose in wimbledon and 
uh, the two ones in Wimbledon, actually. All of their food that they were going to throw out, they give to us. And we take it from there to a different hospital each night. So either St. George's, um, St. Helier, or the two local ambulance stations. And then the NHS workers there, when they finish their, their shift, they can come, they can pick like a, red, a nice ready meal or some fairly nice food, waitress food. And they don't have to worry about getting to the shops and having mm. to queue up or even even not sorry not having to queue up but having to um worry about that when they've just come off a long shift helping people out yeah yeah, yeah. and I, th- I think that's a that, that's another big thing is that we've seen a lot of um you know a lot of people pulling together um for for the nhs as well i know that that you know we've seen all the supermarkets doing their opening hours um the priority of them getting in but you know, when you, it gives you a sense of hope and, you know, you see so many things on social media now about how instead of, you know, kids playing with superheroes or whatever it is, you know, there's, there's art pictures on there of nurses and doctors and, and everything like that. And I just think that that's incredible. It really, for me, it really does um, hit home because I've got people in, in my family and my friendship group who do work in the NHS and are under so much pressure at the minute. So, I think that yeah, I think for what what the the action group's doing for those that are are able to not just you know people who are um, either in the NHS or NHS families that are vulnerable, whatever it may be, um, but just to have that sense of we're doing our part as well is is really really you know for me it makes me <laughs> makes the soul feel good. <laughs> Definitely, I think one of the nice nice things to see when we're doing a supermarket shift is whenever you see a kid donating. Like or kid with with their their parent, and yeah. just I, I often think about like the message that sends to that kid about um, that kid will remember this time. It's probably quite a scary time of um, they can't see their friends, they can't um, they can't go to the park and play on the swings because you're not allowed to touch the the swings and stuff like that. You can't do X, Y, and Z. But then they go to the supermarket and then they see oh there's these people outside a stall set up to help random people, and so I think, I think it's quite a I like to think it's quite a powerful teaching moment for for people. Yeah, definitely. I would 100% agree with that. I mean, when I was doing the supermarket shifts the other day um, in Collier's Wood and there was so many uh, children that were coming up with their parents and they were just saying, oh, mummy, mummy, can I go give X, whether it was pasta or rice or, you know, whatever we were looking for that day, fresh fruit and veg. And they were getting excited about it. And yeah, it was definitely. because you know I think that because they're not able at the moment you know that they're not able to go to school and they're not socializing as much um it's it's just a new new face for them and I I don't know about you but I think for me one of the things that for my own mental health as well before I I got into um you know before I started with you guys you know I was kind of just sitting around and doing what everyone else was doing was binge watching Netflix and and things like that but you know to have that social interaction uh with other people either that you're you know you're working with and you're volunteering with or just you know that you're meeting new people every day with the donations that are pouring through I think for me it just made the this initial period just so much easier um because it otherwise just for you to look at you know stare at the wall or you know your your you know the one housemate that you're living with at the minute I think that it was it was a real boost for me the first um i think the first two weeks of lockdown or even like perhaps before lockdown started i think i i kind of decided to lock myself down a little bit before it went official 
um so I wasn't going into central London to uni um I wasn't seeing friends or anything and uh I remember just spending the that first week or so bored out of my mind also mm. constantly like on Twitter checking the news constantly checking like watching the um six o'clock news or whatever and it, it was quite a depressing experience you were seeing how bad it was in Italy how bad it was in other places and think oh it's gonna get bad here and then going from that that feeling of kind of hopelessness sitting at home unable to really do anything to being out and about meeting people playing a part in in some kind of uh in in some good thing that's going on at the moment it's quite a uh a powerful thing uh kind of personally yeah definitely and i i yeah as i said i think that everybody that i've spoken to within the group as well um has said exactly the same thing and the one thing that i love about the um the the action group as well is that it doesn't um it doesn't matter how old how young you are as long as you're safe and you know you you feel that in your health that you're you know you're relatively healthy everybody's getting involved they're just all pulling together and and i just honestly i'm dumbfounded by the amount of generosity that comes through um, for, from people. I mean, you know, we've had two vans full of stuff pick up from one pickup mm-hmm. previously. And for people to just go in and, and people are so nice about it as well. I mean, you know, you, you walk the queue um, or you're just saying what you, you know, what you're doing, what you're about and, you know, how, how they're able to help. And everyone just says, yeah, perfect, fine. Um, you may get the one or two that's, that kind of, you know, would ignore you, which is expected. But I would I would honestly say 98 percent of people have just been utterly incredible. And to whoever has donated at the moment and who will donate, I just want to say a personal thank you. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's uh, it's interesting. I think the experience that I've had is that it's often the people who you wouldn't expect to be donating who donate the most. So people who who might tell you that they are on, they themselves are in like hard times or have lost their job or, or um, in the in like the shops in the traditionally what might be seen as poorer areas are the ones that absolutely blow you away with donations, mm, and yeah. and are, are the most generous. Yeah, I I can hundred percent agree with you on that. <laughs> so let's let's talk about Ollie then. Um, so who who actually benefits from this? Who you know we're getting all the donations in um who who is it that's benefiting how how are we get you know getting people back to hopefully you know sort of easing some of the pressure that would have been on before so originally it started out with us getting referred people by a few select organizations um the police were referring people to us um age is it age uk now um and a few other other local groups and from that that's kind of spiraled into lots and lots of different organizations i've got a full list somewhere if i can uh, pull it up but um the uh, people can refer themselves and then they go through a a kind of screening checks and balances process to make sure that they're they are in need um Mm. people can be referred by their neighbors they can also be referred by churches and and other kind of groups so they're not necessarily just kind of old people who are stuck in lockdown probably the first week or two that was the that was predominantly what the what people were it was people yeah. who were um unable to get to the shops and couldn't get online shopping and were probably panicking a little bit about what they were going to do mm-hmm. but more and more 
those people have kind of come off the list. Often they've told us themselves to take uh, them off the list. They've said, oh, okay. it was really helpful and you saved me the first few weeks, but now I've, I've been sorted out by my family or by someone else, um, which has been nice. It's been nice seeing people being honest about when they um, need or don't need stuff. Um, mm. But more and more, the people we're helping are those in traditional food poverty. So people who might have lost their jobs because of coronavirus and universal credits taking its time to get to them. Um, people with big families, like younger people. But we're also helping um, a lot of other organizations now, which is, for me, is probably the nicest thing to see in that we've become the people who come to. Um, so we're helping homeless charities, homeless kitchens. Um, lots of different schools are coming to us to get food for their vulnerable families. So that's mm. that's quite a nice thing. Well, obviously, obviously not a nice thing, but um, it's good that we are able to to meet that that need. Yeah. So so talk to me more about that then. Talk to me more about the uh, the other schemes that are going on. Like you said there about the uh, the homeless scheme and and obviously the schools. So with the homeless stuff, we basically just noticed that we were having a lot of homeless people coming up to our stalls and asking for help. Mm. And I sent a few messages around and just and asked, how about we find out whether there's a need here that isn't being met and if there's something that we can do to meet it? Because I've, I mean, I've been very like loosely involved with homeless soup kitchens before, but I had no idea how it worked at the moment. I, I didn't know how it worked in Merton um, or anything like that. So I th- I th- first things first, I wanted to work out whether there was actually a need for us to get involved there. Um, yeah. And so it started out just a few of us going around like Wimbledon Town Centre, a few other places, Morden Town Centre, and just talking to the homeless people and uh, getting to know them and asking what, what needs they had, what was being met, what was currently being done. Um, and from that, we ended up meeting the people who are working with Merton Council. And they're doing a great job in terms of housing people, putting them into housing. Often it's slightly outside Merton, but they're getting people into housing. But what they need help with is giving people food. So a few times now we've referred people to Merton Council's housing team or homeless team. They get them into the housing and then we'll supply the food to them in the housing to try and keep people indoors mm-hmm. and, and kind of off the streets. Because I think when you're on the streets, when, when you're homeless, your exposure to coronavirus is particularly high. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, we, at the different sites that I've worked at, you know, there has been the people that, that really need it with the homeless side of things. And, um, this was really early stages. So to, to know now that there's something that's really working for these people um, is, you know, just warms my heart even more. <laughs> had, um, we had a few of the, uh, two of the guys, Nathan and Andre, mm. who were both homeless. Um, wow. Nathan and I met on the first day that I went out talking to homeless guys. Um, he's gone into, he went into housing, temporary accommodation, mm. Um, and then now they're, they're both in a hotel in Waterloo, um, but they've both been doing some volunteering with us, which has been really nice. So I've done a few shifts with them uh, on a stall at Sainsbury's. That's amazing. And uh, they're, they're super keen to, to kind of get involved and 
and, and play their part, which is nice to see. Yeah. And like, like I said, it does, I, I think, I mean, you know, I'm sure that it's fairly similar for, for every other sort of action group or charity or anything like that. But the fact that it doesn't matter where you, where you come from, what your background is, whatever it may be, it's just that one goal of just helping others. And that's just a huge, huge um, thing that I think that can really be taken away from this awful time at the minute is that, you know, there are there's a lot of there's a lot of bad in the world at the minute but it's small things like this that ha- should have the larger voice um about you know that spreading the positivity and and bringing that to to light as well yeah even if um i i, I kind of often think on a stool even if you're talking to people and they're not giving you anything back in return they're not donating anything if you just start off by like saying good morning to everyone or you smile at everyone in the queue and then you see the same people each day and or your 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 stall is like bright brightly decorated and it's got colours around it. Mm. It's a bit of a it makes the whole queuing process a little bit less um alien. Um Yeah, I think that's the thing, like I, I think that that's the thing, like when when this all hit and everyone just went so doom and gloom with it, you know, uh, London stereotypically isn't great for people saying hello to each other, but you know, in in that time nobody even looked at each other because they thought if they looked at you, they'd be able to catch it. And I think like you said, just walking up and down the queue or saying good morning or whatever it may be, you know, that, that person could have been shielding uh, for, you know, the whole 14 days or whatever it may be, or because they're elderly or vulnerable, they're not able to get out. And just that good morning, that first social interaction for them in X amount of days or however long it's been must just be huge for them. I kind of also think that um, when it comes to the, the food boxes themselves, yeah, they give the, they're giving food to people, the, the kind of basic need. But I think they're saying that like what they symbolize is, is a lot more than that. I think they symbolize the fact that just because you're elderly and stuck at home or you're in a, in a bad way financially and you've hit a few bumps in the road, doesn't mean you don't deserve the dignity of having food on your table. Exactly. And you're still, you still matter and you're still one of us. And anyone who's one of us deserves to be able to have food on their table yeah no completely 100 percent agree with that and i mean you you were just talking about um you know the, the food boxes there um in terms of the the boxes that have gone out at the moment i mean how many would you say that we would have delivered i was um i was trying to calculate this earlier um very like rough ballpark figure. I'm saying around six or seven thousand. Wow. Um, because Merton were at about a thousand a week, Wandsworth about seven hundred and eighty, and five hundred and fifteen Kingston. That was as of last week, hmm. and we've been going since March, starting at obviously much lower numbers, but building up. And that's kind of on on top of that, you've got all of the bulk donations that we're giving to to to, to groups. So um. This morning, for example, we took out a huge load of stuff to Tooting and Mitcham football clubs, community uh, community cupboard that they've they've set up there. Yeah, and I think the key thing is a lot of a lot of different places have already have good contacts, and in Merton, Donslow Collection probably has some of the best contacts. We know kind of all the people we um, we're based here, but in other in other parts, we don't necessarily know who needs food or how or how to get it to them. But what we can do is we can Kind of, uh, we can be the people who collect all the food and then distribute it to the the right organisations. Yeah, no, that's 
That's perfect, man. I mean, in in terms of the you know the the volume of donations that you've seen coming in, I mean, obviously a lot of this started as lockdown was coming into play. Um, but have you seen you know any any sort of trends at the minute? Um, whether it's from your own personal experience on, on on you know the in in with the shops or you know from stories that you've heard have you what would you say would you say that people are donating more or whether they're donating less or whether it's just been a consistent thing that's been going through it's uh it's actually really hard to to tell there's the first few weeks there was a there was a lot and then you get the occasional day where you'll you'll be a bit slower and so early this this week I've done quite a few shifts at, at Sainsbury's Wimbledon, mm. and I think uh, Monday and Tuesday were quite slow days, and I was thinking, oh, are we we might are we going to start struggling here? And then yesterday was just um, I did a shift yesterday morning, and had more than I've ever done at any point. So it's it's um, people people are still very very generous. I think the one maybe the one change in the last two weeks has been since the lockdown eased very slightly more people are back to normal hours mm. so there's less people shopping during the day um so maybe we'll need to shift our, our timing slightly to to work around that yeah but yeah we are very flexible and we can we can do that yeah i, I mean i was actually um I, I went out for a walk the other day and i, I live in toot in broadway um and i went down to clapham south and just had a you know, sort of a, a wander down there just to stretch my legs. And I saw one of the uh, local action groups outside the Tesco there. Um, and they were, you know, they were, they were feeding back saying that in terms of, you know, basically bang on, bang on what you were saying there, because people are going back to, uh, to work as such now, and they're working the, the, the nine to five some of the time, whether it's from home or whatever it may be. Um, they were saying that potentially looking at different hours because, whether it's an extension or a shift of hours, because you'll have people, um, you know, if we're finishing up at five, but everyone's coming to get their sort of dinners at, you know, maybe half past six, something like that, just a quick and easy meal, whatever it may be, then, that, you know, that could be something that could be potentially looked into. Um, I, I'm sure that it already is at the minute, but then you'll also have your your early risers who are able to, you know, get up early in the morning and just go get their stuff and, crack on with the rest of their day yeah definitely i think the great the great thing about our our kind of model is how flexible we we are and and can be uh as in times we've, we've kind of got the call out that there'll be a big donation uh tomorrow but we've got to collect it from a certain place at a difficult time because we've got so many volunteers so many people who've, who've who wanted to get involved we can just find someone to go and do that mm. and if not one of the the, the core people will do it if we need to open up the one of the hubs early to to get a big donation, we'll do that. So it's it's quite inspiring how so many people have given up basically their entire lives to work seven days a week at the moment. I mean, I, I guess there's people those of us who can do that are fairly lucky. Um, like myself, I'm I'm able to to donate a lot of time to it because I don't have uh, any other pressures on well actually that's not true i've got a dissertation <laughs> to write but um any other any, any other urgent pressures yeah no that's perfect man um so how is it that uh people can get involved then man i know we briefly touched on it at the beginning of the conversation but how is it that people can get involved um how is it that they donate and you know what what can we do i know that i'll be putting some links in 
uh, for, you know, things like the donations and stuff. But yeah, just just give us a sense of that. So what we really need at the moment is more volunteers to do supermarket shifts, because obviously as more people go back to work and uh, people end up tailing off for whatever reason. So if, if you can give up a few hours a week, like three hour shifts, one three hour shift a week, that's amazing. The best way to do that is to message us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Our username on all those three is at Don's Local Action. Or to phone our volunteer number, which is 0203 301 4511. Perfect. Oli, thank you so much for your time, man. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I'm hoping that once this uh, this all calms down a little bit, we'll be able to go out for a beer as a big group <laughs> to, just to uh, celebrate the achievements. Well, it might end up co- coinciding with uh, AFC Wimbledon's new stadium. So perfect. There'll be a, a big, there'll be a big party basically to celebrate. Perfect. I'm I'm up for that. Um. Yeah. Thank you so much. So yeah. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um. I'll be back very soon. Uh. With episode four. Um. I hope you enjoyed that. If you wanted to uh, send in any comments, questions, queries, whatever it may be, uh, you can send them via Instagram at the Dan Draper Podcast. Or you can send your um, questions to the Dan Draper podcast at gmail.com. Ollie, thank you so much again, man. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Bye bye.